and the grace to forgive. Hallelujah. Let's pray. I believe in you, Lord. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died and you rose again. I believe, Lord Jesus, you paid for us all. And Lord, I believe that you are here right now, standing in our midst. Power, with the power to heal right now. And the grace to forgive. Amen. If you're the sort of person that likes to shout amen and mmm and yes, please do that this morning if you agree. If you don't agree, yes, preach it. If you don't agree, speak to John privately later. (laughs) I really believe the Holy Spirit is going to come upon us this morning. I feel very excited. We have prayed. Many of us have been praying towards today. Aren't you tired of church life, tired of tradition? We long for the authentic presence of God. I long for the Spirit of God. We can do nothing. Even through our great administration and great organisation, we need to be filled and filled again with the Spirit of God. And as we come to the end this morning, we're going to be praying that we are filled again with the Spirit of God. We're going to pray for the sick and we're going to pray for breakthroughs in people's lives. Because we believe this. There has to come a day when we do what we believe. We don't just say it, but we act upon it. We step out, and as John very interestingly prayed yesterday, Lord, no matter how messy, how untidy, do it. I sort of went, ah-men-ish. <clears throat> so to, um, to warm us up, to be filled with the Spirit of God, I'm going to preach about a man who probably sacrificed his daughter. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? So isn't God's word good? But we're looking at a series of real faith. 15. Fantastic. Real faith. 15. I've even brought my daughter along this morning. (laughs) And we're looking at Jephthah. (laughs) Any volunteers to come to the front? Um, We're looking at Judges. We're looking at Jephthah. And um, the context of Judges, as we've looked, is that Israel was being disobedient. They were just messing about. They, they didn't have any leadership. God wanted to be their king. He wanted to be their God. But they were just doing their own thing. And when you do your own thing, what happens? It falls apart. It goes wrong. You have a little bit of pleasure, but everything's a disaster. And that's what was happening in the book of Judges. And that's the context that we're looking in. So um, God is going to provide me with a voice. <laughs> and I'm going to start in chapter 10. We're going to read a good chunk of the word of God. I'm going to then... face head-on the issue of dealing with his daughter and then to the thing which I think is really important, which is talking about how we can respond when the anointing of God comes upon us. So, we're looking at chapter 10 and verse 6. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, goodness. They served the Baals and the Ashtaroth and the gods of Aram, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the Ammonites, and the gods of the Philistines. And because the Israelites forsook the Lord and no longer served him, he became angry with them. Remember David's word last week? And he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and the Ammonites, who that year shattered and crushed them. You know, you play with sin, eventually it'll get you, and it'll crush you, and it'll destroy you. Ooh, 
but we have a message of grace this morning. Judges chapter 11. Jephthah, the Gilead, was a mighty warrior. <coughs> Excuse me, coughing on the tape. His father was Gilead and his mother was a prostitute. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to mention that word on a Sunday. <coughs> Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when they were grown up, they drove Jephthah away. You are not going to get any inheritance in our family, they said, because you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and settled in the land of Tob, where a group of adventurers gathered around him and followed him. Sometime later, when the Ammonites made war on Israel, the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. Come, they said, be our commander, so we can fight the Ammonites. Jephthah said to them, didn't you hate me and drive me away from my father's house? Why do you now come to me now? When you're in trouble, the elders of Gilead said to him, Nevertheless, we are turning to you now. Come with us and fight the Ammonites, and you will be our head over all who live in Gilead. Jephthah answered, Suppose you take me back to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gives them to me. Will you really? Will I really be your head? The elders of Gilead replied, The Lord is our witness. We will certainly do to you as you say. So Jephthah went with the elders, and the people made him head and commander over them. Important bit coming up. And he repeated all his words before the Lord in Mispath. Then Jephthah sent messages to the Amorite king, and then he starts discussing with the Amorite king, why are you attacking us, what's the problem? You know, I'm trying to deal with this peacefully, let's sort this out. And he sends messengers. Um... And the message comes back that they're not very interested. So we jump down to verse 28. The king of Ammon, however, paid no attention to the message of Jephthah, which he had sent him. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. He crossed Gilead and Manasseh, passed through Mizpah and Gilead. And from there he advanced against the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. If you give the Ammonites into my hand, whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me, when I return in triumph from the Ammonites, it will be the Lord's, and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. Then Jephthah went over to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gave them into his hands. And he basically devastated the lot. Verse 34. When Jephthah returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter, dancing to the sound of tambourines, she was his only child. Except for her, he had neither son nor daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and cried, Oh, my daughter, you have made me miserable and wretched because I made a vow to the Lord, which I cannot break. My father, she replied, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me just as you have promised, now that the Lord has avenged you of your enemies, the Ammonites. But grant me this one thing, to roam the hills and to weep for, with my friends, because I shall never marry. You may go, he said, and he let her go for two months. She and the girls went into the hills and wept because she would never marry. After two months, she returned to her father, and he did to her as he had vowed, for she was a virgin. Wow. Wow. I'm just going to hit this question head on. Did he or didn't he 
sacrifice his daughter. Firstly, this is God's word. God's word is truth. Absolute, total truth. We also need to understand the culture of the day. We need to understand the context of scripture. And importantly, we always need to weigh the word of God with the word of God. Do not weigh the word of God with sentiment or emotion or my feelings. Weigh the word with the word because the word is truth. And that's what will stand forever. Now, some would say that he actually sacrificed his daughter. He had to fulfill the vow. What you say in Jewish terms was, times was very important. And even today, the Jews in Antwerp, they will, they will exchange diamonds worth tens of thousands of pounds on a word. Here's a diamond. I'll have it back next week. They have a diamond. They mess it about. They hand it back. It's all done by word because the word is so important. Not a single thing is signed. Yet the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. Now, his daughter was going to die. If she was going to die, it means that she would be a virgin and he would have no inheritance. So if she died a virgin, he would have no inheritance. And that was a hugely cultural, big cultural issue in those days. Also, the Bible's very clear. A father's role is to protect his family. It's to care for his family. So, what's the answer? Well, the honest answer is, I don't know. (laughs) And in a way, we've got to be careful not to get caught up on these issues. Well, did he or didn't he? Let's have a discussion. Let's have an argument. Let's look at some of the important principles that we see here. Firstly, be very careful what you say. Very careful. Be careful what you promise. We need to understand the power of words. And another time you can look at James chapter 3, <clears throat> 1 to 6. See, in the beginning was God, and God spoke, and things started kicking off. It started happening. If you're praying for the sick, you say, I speak to that headache in Jesus' name. I command that arm to grow. You know, we, we've seen that. Maybe we've experienced some of that. But that same voice is the voice that criticizes someone, that has a go, that is negative. James 3.11 says, can, can sweet and bitter waters come from the same place? So I just remind us, let's be careful. Let's be very, let, let's really earth this down. Be careful how we speak to one another. Husbands and wives, I am gunning for you this morning. I am gunning for you. Cook me another meal like that and I'll find myself another wife. Ha, 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 ha. My kids are so stupid, they're little monsters. Leaders, they never give me a chance to fulfill my ministry. I tell you what, we have to be so careful what we say. I'm going to risk being honest. I've heard some pretty dreadful things said even in this church between husbands and wives. Just being honest. Guys, let's be careful. Let's honour. Husbands, love your wives. We need to love our wives. Love our wives. Let's speak well to them. Let's speak positively. Let's be honest. But let's not ever use humour against our wives. And wives, see to it that you respect your husband. Don't run him, typical man. Ban that phrase. That is not. That is not of the Lord. And if it's an issue, then bring it to the Lord. Just talk to him about it. Deal with it. Ask forgiveness. Move on. End of story. Not a big heavy thing, but let's be very careful how we use humour. And I'm someone that likes to use a bit of humour, have a bit of fun. And um, I was guilty of this. You know, I trust years and years ago and family is there. But Julie and I would say, 
that if I know that she's never going to criticise me or make a joke about me, that brings such security. You want to know why sometimes you feel a bit insecure in your marriage? It's because of those little remarks. Just bring it before the Lord, deal with it, and move on. So Jephthah, did he or didn't he? Well, as Christians, we can get tied up in big theological debates. And some people, like John, are very gifted to look at issues like evolution. And John, at the beginning of the suit, when I was practicing this, I said very eruditely, but I'm not going to use that phrase. But John explains some of the issues around evolution and creation because he's got an understanding. He looks into it. He understands it. He can debate and discuss because it's a passion. That's a good thing. But for some of us, if that's not our won't, let's concentrate on the important things. Let's love one another. Let's give. Let's lay our lives down for one another. Let's worship. Let's honour God. Let's outdo in giving to one another rather than worrying about a full stop in Revelation chapter 7 and what does it mean. <clears throat> there are more important priorities. More important priorities. See, Jephthah's daughter, she would have expected, Dad's going to return. We're going to have victory. It's going to be fantastic. Victory. I'm going to get married. It's going to be wonderful. And she had all her friends. Her friends were expecting to, you know, all put on, you know, pink wings and go to Gatwick down to Malaga, weren't they? And go and have a big, a big party. You know, so, you know, Tracy's getting married. But instead, she told them, and they went to the hills to mourn with her. Isn't it good when friends stick around when you're mourning? You know, let's be honest, it's, it's been difficult recently. As a church, we are mourning but we love. God says, I comfort those who mourn. We don't all disappear. We stated, we had a faith goal. It didn't happen. But guys, we mourn with those that mourn. Isn't that principle of the kingdom? Isn't that what Jesus told us to do? I long, kind of long for the day when I can actually put my arm around someone, cry with them and not even pray for them to get healed, but just cry with them because they're upset and go home. We can mourn with those that mourn. Let's not powerfully get in there. Let's mourn. Let's be sensitive to one another. I believe it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And people are watching us. They watch. Excuse me, what, what? Is it me or did I see you going out of your house every morning at quarter past six for the last six months? Yes, you did. Why? Oh. People are watching us. So, Hebrews 11. Let's get back to Jephthah. We're doing the, you know, the series on faith. Real faith. So we can see that there's obviously a bit of a character issue, which I'll come to later. And yet Jephthah is given to us as a hero of faith. So why is that? Well, firstly, I've got, I think it's seven reasons, seven principles of, of people of faith. Firstly, people of faith understand their true or their ultimate parentage. Look at his natural parentage. His mother was a prostitute. <clears throat> Once his brothers got older, they twigged and they kicked him out. He, he, he didn't have a very good start, did he? And yet he was chosen by God. Maybe you've had a lousy start. Well, it's all right for you, Julian. You had a mum and dad. Well, maybe it is. But we have a different parentage when we come into the kingdom of God. We have a God that doesn't reject us. And despite being rejected by his brothers, his sisters, his family... Despite being rejected, he was still prepared to lead them. Even when his enemies questioned his authority, 
He didn't go, oh, well, I, I don't know, because you know, I don't really know who my mum was, and I feel all insecure. He was clear who he was in God. If you're not clear who you are in God, you're going to struggle, or I, we are going to struggle when we come to conflict. Know who you are in God. There's nothing he could do about his parentage. That's just the way it was. <laughs> There's nothing we can do. But we have choices that we can make. We've been reborn into the kingdom of God. If you've owned Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're reborn into a kingdom of God. You have a new parenthood. Jesus explained this to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Romans 8, 14 to 16 talks about the fact that we are adopted as sons. And 1 Peter 2, 9 to 11, it says, Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Living stones. We looked at that, didn't we, a few months ago. We are the people of God. So honour your mother and father, even if they're difficult. <laughs> honour them. But remember, your parentage is God. <clears throat> See, the kingdom of God is so contrary, isn't it, to the world. What happens on The Apprentice? You're fired. What happens on The X Factor? You're out. What happens on board the dancing programme? Oh, your dancing wasn't very... It's all about exclusion. It's all about go away, go away, go away. God is all about come. It's completely countercultural. I enjoy those, some of those shows. They're okay. But let's, in, our, in our spirit, let's have that culture of drawing people in. Not you made a mistake, go away. You made a mistake. Let's draw <clears throat> people in because Jesus drew us in. He chose us. He chose me when I was rejecting him. When I was against him, he chose me. And he welcomed me. <clears throat> we are not a mistake. We have a parentage. And it's from God. Secondly, I love this one. People of faith will experience tough preparation. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Look at the people that we've looked at already. Moses, he had a tough time. Joseph, he had a tough time. Others, they had a tough time. They had a tough time. Yet God was using these experiences, these difficulties to hone and to work on their character. You see, the enemy has messed us up. He's told us to lie, to go our own way, to fight our own corner, to protect my rights. That's what the enemy has done. God wants to hone that out of us so we can be who he wanted us to be at the beginning. So that we can be vessels that he can trust. It says, I think it's in Psalm 105, it talks about Joseph. He was in prison unfairly, wrongly. He'd done the right thing. He'd been treated Badly, again, again, and again. And it says he was in the prison and iron entered his soul. A strength came in, a realisation. This is about God. This isn't about my rights. And the whole nation was saved. Eventually, as we often say in our household, I wish we could get to chapter 7 of the book because I'm fed up of being in chapter 3 of my book when it's all tough and rotten. I want to get to the happy side when you can see it all come together. God knows what he is doing. Let him mould my attitude. Let him mould. Oh, it's not easy, but let God prepare us. Let God hone us. Because we're people of faith. See, people of faith can ultimately, can be vindicated. I believe this is a word for someone here this morning. Maybe you were rejected by a Christian. You were rejected by a Christian organisation, a church. Oh, <laughs> They rejected you. I believe God could call, you could be called back by them. And they could say, we want you. 
we're sorry what we said. We want to use you. Have you got gifts that you can, you can give to us? Be our head. I believe that we're, in, we're, we're coming into a time when God is, is starting to restore relationships. I, I really, really believe that. Not only restored relationships, but then we're restored. Now can you help us? Because God's dealt with our heart, we won't say no. We'll say, yeah, how can I serve you? Word says that God opens doors that no one can shut. We need some doors opened in this church. We need some historical doors open. Some doors that have been shut to some people here. It's time for them to be. I'm not talking about going to Africa and doing whatever. There are doors that need to be opened, maybe in relationships or whatever. Some doors, and God is the one who opens the door. But the reverse may be true. Maybe I, we, in some way, in our immaturity, in our excitement, declared to others what they should and shouldn't do. Perhaps we've not listened to a Christian pastor. Perhaps we have been critical of someone else. We refused their counsel, but now we've moved on. Tell you what, we go back, we repent, and we move on. We don't sit there, you know, we repent, sorry, resolve it, and we move on with what God has got for us. Please, let's do that. Because, put it simply, we need to forgive and we need to be forgiven. Because unforgiveness is a huge drag anchor and it holds us back. Lord, I want to break into healing. Lord, I want to break into power. We can't because there's always that drag anchor of unforgiveness. Because I believe the Lord wants to highlight there are some issues for some of us. We have to go back, address them, deal with it, move on. Don't go back and wallow in it. Stay there, deal with it, and move on. Anyone say I'm into that? Am I on my own? (laughs) I believe that's what God's saying. Bitterness and resentment hurts mainly only one person. Who's that? Yourself. You really hope it's going to hurt them too, but it doesn't. It eats you up inside. But it's hard to humble yourself and say sorry. But the door's still open. The door's still open. Because when that trumpet sounds, that's it. That's it. There's no more time. That's it. We have an opportunity now. People of faith, I love this. Fourthly, people of faith, in 11, verse 11, it says this. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the peoples made him head and commander over them. And he repeated all his words before the Lord. The American standard said he spoke all his words before the Lord. He'd been rejected by his family and the leaders, and now he was restored. Yes, here I am at last. I've arrived. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move now in the power of God. What does he do? He doesn't get all excited about it. He goes back and says, Lord, this is how it is. They've restored me. They're calling. He spoke it all. before, Not some, all before. We've got plans, things we want to do with our lives, things we want to do in relationship. Tell the Lord about it. Tell him. Tell him. He wants to know. He wants to be involved in all the, every area of our life. Because God hears every word that we say. Oh dear. And he knows every thought that I have. Oh dear. Thank goodness for that last song about the grace of God. But you know, it's an act of faith to speak out our words before the Lord. 
I'll go and have a chat with John. Well, John, I was thinking maybe this, maybe that, and I can waffle on for hours. But how about sharing with John and then saying, Lord, this, and sharing it with him? There's no better place to go, is there? Go to him. Jephthah did this at a time of promotion. We often say, seek the Lord when things are rough. When things are good, seek God. When it's going well, go back. Lord, thank you that this issue has been resolved. Thank you, this relationship. Thank you, we see the church growing. Thank you that, that we're just taking off in worship. Just let's take the good stuff back to him as well. See, Hezekiah, King Hezekiah did it in a time of distress. The enemies came to the city and they were saying, oh, we're going to get you and we know you're deceptive and you're a liar and you're manipulating the people. You know, he got a really nasty letter telling him and criticising him and having a go at him. And that was tough. What did Hezekiah do? He spread the letter out before the Lord. In a previous job, I was trying to think, I remember two specific times when I received the most appalling, appalling, hurtful letters. I mean, really? And you look at it, you go, that is so unfair. And then something in you goes, yeah, but maybe that is true. And it was, and I remember it was one Monday or Tuesday morning, must be just about eight o'clock in the morning. I was sitting at my desk and I read this letter. I just felt absolutely broken. I thought, this is lies. And then they'll think that about me and then they'll hear about it. And oh, it's awful, isn't it? And, and I just made a decision. I said, Lord, I feel nothing, but I am spreading it. I'm sitting at my desk, nice tie. I'm sitting before you, Lord, and I spread it before you. I don't know what else to do. I still, can, um, I still went home and had a good cry, you know. Three or four months later, the person that wrote that letter, let's put it politely, wasn't around. Not because I'm anything, but you just lay it before the Lord. You received a nasty letter. You received a letter saying, you're no good, we're not accepting you. Spread it before the Lord. See what he does. <laughs> good, isn't it? God is with us. Let's include him in every area of our lives. Fifthly, probably most importantly, people of faith are filled with the Spirit of God. Filled with the Spirit of God. Jephthah was filled with the Spirit of God. It gave him great courage. It gave him great strength. It gave him seal and purpose to succeed in battle. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. How much more do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I wrote these notes, and I thought, oh yeah, that's really nice. And then I really felt the Lord highlight something to me after I'd printed them off. Look what it actually says. In In verse 29 of 11, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. And those of you who know me would think, oh, get all excited, let's pray for people who feel the Spirit. Yeah, you know, let's go for it. And it said, he crossed Gilead and Manasseh. He passed through Mizpah of Gilead. And from there, he advanced against the Ammonites. See, I believe the Lord wants to fill us again with the Holy Spirit. Not just so we have a nice time and we see a few headaches go away. And I don't, I don't decry that. But so we can advance We are not going to advance through good plans, good administration. And people who know me know I love administration. We will advance when the Spirit of God comes upon us. Then we need men of God who can show us how to use that and and direction that. 
What? Lord, I'm not moving forward, you know. Not moving forward, I'm sure. Well, it's probably, you know, Beacon's fault, really, you know, not moving forward. Well, you know, it's very dry. No, no, be filled with the Spirit and advance. Do you hear the Spirit of God? Be filled with the Spirit and advance. Julian, be filled with the Spirit and advance. Don't be filled with the Spirit and wallow in the joy of worship in the 70s. Let's be filled with the Spirit and advance. What has God got for us? We have no idea the wonderful things. We pray up a storm on a Friday morning. We pray up a storm in self. Lord, we want it to happen now. We want to see people saved. We want to see people delivered. We want to see strongholds broken in the name of Jesus. Be filled with the Spirit and let's advance. Um, calm, calm. <laughs> so he was filled with the Spirit. Filled with energy, zeal, courage. Fantastic. And then what happens? It all goes wrong. Hallelujah. This is, what, this is why I'm sure the Bible's true. Because it's got real people in it that make real mistakes. Excuse me. I meant to put water in there, but never mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, Kev, could you? Uh... <laughs> All round Kev's for the football later. <laughs> people of faith often have character weaknesses and flaws in their personalities. Oh, hallelujah. You see, as we mature, we start to realize that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he doesn't change some of the stuff that we battle with inside. It's not a magic resolve for all our character issues and weaknesses. I prayed for someone yesterday and they were healed. So I have arrived. I asked God for a thousand pounds and God blessed me with five thousand pounds. So I am now filled with the Spirit and I'm free. No. No. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and immediately his character kicked in and he and he got it wrong. Look at Peter. You are the Son of God. You know, Jesus, you're the Son of God. But you're not going to die on the cross. You had those times you feel the Spirit of God, suddenly you feel that energy, that excitement. And then a few minutes or a day later, suddenly you're going a bit wonky. I certainly have. Many years ago, 20, over 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 26 years ago, June and I were filled with the Spirit and uh, we were pretty crazy. And I'm just wondering whether God is challenging us to be a bit crazy like that again, but in a new way. I heard a tape by a very well-known healing minister at the time, and I wrote to him and said, that was a good tape, really helped me. He wrote back, come and have lunch with us. So we drove a long way. We went and had lunch, very nice lunch actually, at the golf club. And uh, we then went on two or three weekend retreats. And I've still got tapes, which I haven't listened to since, I'll be honest, of the most amazing things that God was doing, sometimes incredibly using me. We went to, a, we went to a, a healing meeting in Epsom about six weeks later. And he was doing his stuff up the front, and it was just fantastic. I was sitting about six back, when Maggie is about six rows back. And he said to me, oh, Julian, he said, see you there. Would you like to come to the front and pray for the sick? Thank you. It's all for Jesus, of course. Oh, yeah, that's me. Here's my card. <coughs> Worship seminars, a speciality. Went to the front, prayed for the sick, fantastic. 
But you see, the thing was, my character still hadn't been dealt with. Although I was trying to give the glory to Jesus, deep down, the rejection in me needed that affirmation. I needed to be affirmed that I could pray for the sick. I needed to be called to the front. I needed to be picked out because I still felt so insecure. God has to deal with that. And I've had 26 years of that being dealt with. Not there yet, but on the way. So let's be filled with the Spirit and then let's be careful how we react, what we say, how we, especially how we deal with Christian brothers and sisters. Heal the sick, love your brothers and sisters. Not heal the sick and then criticise them because they're not praying for them. You know what I mean? It's easy to <clears throat> fall into that. So let's ask to be filled with the Spirit of God. Again, Father, fill me, fill me with the Spirit of God. But also let, let's allow others to speak into our lives. Proverbs says, faithful or the wounds of a friend. Sometimes a Christian brother or sister coming, put their arm around you saying, just adjust that. It can hurt a bit, but that, I'm afraid, according to this, is how we grow. So people of faith can have weaknesses and shortcomings. And there's lots of examples which I don't have time to look at now. People of faith, as we know, can make foolish promises and errors of judgment. And, and Matthew Henry covers this superbly in, in his um, commentary. But for the sake of time, I'm going to leave that. But we can make foolish promises. You see, we can be filled with the Spirit. We can start out <clears throat> with enthusiasm. And then fear starts to come. You know, for me, as a preacher, the toughest time is about now. 10 to 12, because you want to pray up a storm. You want to pray and heal the sick. You're thinking, yeah, but coffee time's coming and people need to get away and need to respect where people are coming from. And, and, and it's difficult. You think, no, I'm going to step through that. God wants to do business with us. <clears throat> it's in the book. So as we step out, let's be careful that fear and enthusiasm don't override. Yes, we need to be sensitive to one another, but don't let fear or over-enthusiasm, help um, create a misunderstanding with us that it's all about the grace of God. Peter got out the boat, started walking on the water. Why? Grace of God has his eyes fixed on Jesus, looked away from Jesus, fell. We all know the, the, the Sunday school story. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. See, Jephthah, he had the right idea. If I have victory, I want to worship God. I want to give him thanks. Noah came off the boat, as we saw, built an altar. Didn't come off the boat and start getting on with it. Came off the boat <clears throat> and uh, worshipped. Worship, absolute first priority. So Jephthah's heart was in the right place. Yet I believe there was a niggling doubt somewhere within him that he needed to prove that he deserved victory. He needed to just prove that he was worthy of victory. See, we're the same. It's all about grace. We sang about it. <clears throat> every blessing, every healing, every deliverance, every victory we experience comes purely because of the grace of God, which was won through Jesus' death and resurrection. That's the only reason. We don't have to prove anything. And those who are close to me know that that is an issue for me. This sense of somehow still feeling you need to prove. No, it's grace. It's the grace of God. That song, All to Jesus, I Surrender. It's a great hymn, isn't it? I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my loving Saviour. 
I surrender all. How terrifying if God took us at our word. I guess we probably wouldn't even be able to get through the doors at 9 o'clock next Sunday, even with the clocks changing. (laughs) We couldn't even get through the doors if we surrendered to Jesus. We'd either be empty on our faces or so full we couldn't move. I don't know. Lord, do I surrender all to you? Honestly, we need to receive his grace, receive his forgiveness, and be very careful about making hasty vows. You can look at Ecclesiastes 5, 2 to 7 for a bit more on that. So Jephthah, he kept all his plans before the Lord. Isn't that good? Even though it says he was a mighty warrior, and yet he sought peace. He didn't go in there with what he had. He sought peace. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? God gave him victory, even when he had to make tough decisions. And I believe that that is a sign of someone who is moving in faith. But, very key thing, open your ears, dear brothers and sisters. He had no quality relationships. You look here, it says he went. He went to the land of Tob and he settled and a group of adventurers gathered around him. The actual meaning of that is that a group of worthless men <clears throat> gathered around him. I've said it once, say it before, there is no room for independence in the kingdom of God. We are part of a body. Well, it's just me and Jesus. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Jephthah met with God and was filled with the Spirit, and he still had issues. <clears throat> Peter met with Jesus, walked with Jesus. He still had issues. What dealt with those issues? Being together. Isn't Acts 15 wonderful? They came together. You'd think they'd be fighting, but they came together. If ever in our heart it's, well, it's just me and Jesus, they don't understand. That is not the Spirit of God. Please, it's not the Spirit of God. He had, Jephthah had no quality relationships. He was on his own. Even, well, I I deal direct with God. He still had character flaws. Don't hide at the front, at the back, not going to things or whatever. God says if you want to grow as a man or woman of God, be part of the body. And here's the good news. It won't be perfect. Why? Because I'm in it. Okay? So it won't be perfect. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, every time we're going to need one another, we're coming into it, believe me. It's time to hear God afresh. It's time for us to step out in faith. This is a series entitled Real Faith. This is number 15. When's it going to finish? When we do it. (laughs) When we do it. It's not Sunday morning information. Please, please. If you weren't here last week, get David's CD. It's the word of God we need to hear. Not, oh, I just missed it. You know, I couldn't be bothered. Get it. It's the word of God. Not information. I believe there's a call from God for us to dust ourselves down and get up and move again in faith. Not in personal enthusiasm, but faith. God-given faith. Terry Virgo, he's a father of the the family of churches that we're part of. He said this recently. He said, take the knocks and look to the king. What do I do? I take the knocks and ask Steve to pray with me because I'm all upset. No, take the knocks and look to the king. Don't be surprised by conflict. Battles are inevitable. I thought Jesus made it better and we just sat on a cloud. No, battles are inevitable. Face it, deal with it. Don't entertain thoughts of defeat, for we know, we know, it says, all things work together for good. 
who those who are called by God, called uh, loved by God and called according to His purpose. We know it says, <clears throat> strength is perfected in weakness. Daniel ten nineteen. This is awesome. It says, "Do not be afraid, O man highly esteemed." He said, "Peace, be strong now, be strong." When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. I don't believe the Lord is saying, there, there, I love you. Let's have a little cuddle this morning. I believe he is a God of love. But also he's a God who says to people like me that want to cuddle, he says, Julian, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong, brothers and sisters. Let's be strong. Let's be strong. I believe God is saying this to us, the church at Beacon. Be strong. Be strong. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I just chatted to David and John this morning. I want us to pray. I have so much more I want to share. But I believe the Lord is saying, be strong. This evening at 6.30, I'm going to be here. <laughs> Yippee. And if you want to come along, we're just going to spend an hour worshipping God praying for one another, prophesying. It's not a meeting open to anyone else. It's just for people here and people who are part of this church. Just to spend time. If you're free, come along. We're going to pray again that we will be filled with the Spirit of God. We're going to ask God to equip us. We're going to prophesy of one another. We're going to love one another. We're going to put Jesus in his rightful place. Hi. If you're free, come along. If you have family commitments, be blessed Love your family, be with your family, because that's all part of kingdom too. But if you're free, come and join us. 6.30 this evening. I'll just run through a couple of bits, but probably unpack this a little bit more this evening. Oh, to pick them out. Really, I think the key thing, I've got about nine points here, we'll look at them slow. But the key thing, I believe, is for us again to be filled with the Spirit of God. It says the anointing oil breaks the yoke. And there are yokes in our lives, in this church, yokes that need to be broken. Pastoring can help. The word of God can help. Yes, yes. But we need the oil of the Holy Spirit to come and break the yokes. Then we bring the word in and teaching to help people move on. The oil, the anointing oil, breaks yokes. Let me just finally... Read this from Colossians 2, verse 6. It says, So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, is he Lord? Or has it been 40 years of Jesus at my, on my terms? Since you have received Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live in him, strengthened in your faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I just invite you to stand, please. So if you're free this evening, 6.30, come along for an hour or so. I don't know. It won't be weird and scary. We're just going to be real. I'm just going to ask, things we're going to invite the Holy Spirit. Goodness gracious, the arrogance of it. We're just going to ask the Holy Spirit just to come and refresh us and to fill us again and to heal us.
just for two or three minutes, and then we'll come back to it again this evening. If you want to receive, you might want to lift your hands. You might want to bow your head. Sit down if you're more comfortable. It's okay. God understands. Father God, I want to thank you that you are a God of mighty power. I want to thank you, Father, that when Jesus ascended to the Father's right hand, he sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I want to thank you that you went about doing good and healing all who oppressed the devil, for God was with you. Father, I pray for my precious brothers and sisters now, my, this precious family that we're part of, that they would be strong in the Lord. Be strengthened in Jesus' name. Dust yourselves down and stand again in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Lay aside disappointments as a choice, not a feeling, this morning in Jesus' name. And receive afresh that covenant promise from the Father, the Spirit of God. Father, fill us. Fill us, Father. Strengthen. Strength. Fill strength in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, strengthened in the faith, as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Jesus, I want to thank you that you give the Holy Spirit. Don't hide your light under a bush. Don't say I'm insignificant. Lift off that cover and let your light so shine. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for bearing with me. And uh, say, if you're free this evening, 6.30, do come along. Come round the back. If you're visiting us, you're very welcome. It's tea and coffee 